Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. It is Rivalry Week here in Southern California. We have a 10-0 USC football team playing the Bruins. Mike, if, if USC wins, they're going to be likely playing in, in the uh, the championship, in the pl- likely playing in the Pac-12 championship, and then hopefully for uh, a playoff berth. Right? Wait a second, is this, 20, U- is this 2018? That's how USC season has gone so far. I think far, you're talking right? about t- uh, 2005, right? 2005, oh, oh, Pete no. Carroll, I mean, Matt Liner. About a- we're talking. You mean we're talking about a five and five USC football team playing against a two and eight UCLA Bruin team? When to be all to be honest, the two and eight team is in better shape right now and moving forward than the five and five team with a, a lame duck head coach. Most likely, Helton will be done in the next two games, and, and it's one of these games where it's like. There's no buzz. We've mentioned it a few times. We really haven't talked a ton of college football on our show. And, I, you know, we're big football fans, and I'm a big USC fan. Generally, I'm really locked into everything that's going on on the college football scene. And that just has not been the case this year for whatever reason. Maybe it's because Alabama's dominant, or maybe in particular for me, the team that I root for is having a very down year. But this is a, a USC football team, Mike, who's only a three-and-a-half-point favorite this week against the Bruins. They just come off a loss to Cal. They were up by 14 at halftime. They lost 15 to 14. They've beaten Cal prior to this game 14 straight times. And then it's funny when you when you talk about um, a bad team or teams that lose. It's kind of one um, a phrase that I, as a gambler, someone who bets a lot, and it's not that you lose; it's how you lose. And I think that's the real key here for this USC team. They're not losing games where they're playing well, where they're clean games, not losing to really good teams. Who are they? What type of team are they? What's their identity offensively? They, zero creativity, no player development. Um, they're 118th out of 130 teams in penalties per game. They average 7.9 penalties per game. They're 120th in penalty yards per game. There are only nine teams in all of college football that are that uh, have more penalty yards per game than USC. They, they're automatically giving you 75 yards a game in penalty yards before you even start. That That's a mark of a bad football team, right, Mike? Is this the worst combined record for these two teams, at least in my life? As a, as a, as a sports fan, I don't remember the two combined records being worse than this. Do you? No, and I mean USC was hasn't been this bad um, since Paul the the Hackett days right before Pete Carroll came in, and it, it, U, UCLA wasn't bad a, a lot of those years. They were they were fine, but this year there's just and I, I think you know I mean there's there's a possibility that neither is going to be teams, a, a bowl, bowl eligible, eligible team. team. Well, if USC doesn't win this game, they won't because they're going to play Notre Dame next yeah. week. They're going to play Notre Dame next week, and Notre Dame is a very good team, and they're going to beat up on USC right now. And it's just it's a, it's just a bummer because you know like you look through their schedule and you look at the losses you know as the the one that I just mentioned against Cal when you're up you're up fourteen nothing at half and then you don't score a point in the second half you lose fifteen fourteen and the way the the end of the game is kind of a microcosm of their season 
their senior and one of a senior cornerback and one of their better players who's going to get drafted in the NFL. I'm on Marshall. It's third and 13. Cal has the ball with like four minutes left to go. USC gets a stop. So Cal's going to have to punt the ball there. There's a incomplete pass that they're looking at just to make sure, but it's not complete. And he goes over to the Cal sideline and is like jawing them in their face. And the right in front of the referee. I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. He, he, it wasn't like he even made the play right in front of Cal's sideline. He went over to their sideline out of for no reason and is like jawing at them like he's on some undefeated team and he's some, excuse me, badass player. It's just yeah, you're that's down. A maturity issue. You're down. Or, you're down yeah. still 15-14. This is a guy that's going to play on Sundays next year too, Mike. And that's just – like that can't happen. Uh, they just can't happen. You know, you lose Arizona State. You're down 24-7. You come back to take the lead 28-24, and then you end up losing 38-35, to which snapped a three-year home winning streak. And then you lose again right back to Cal. Utah, you're up 14-0 in the first quarter, and, and you end up losing 41-28. to You're down 34-13, 34-14. They score 34 unanswered points. Texas, you're up 14-3. At Texas, you end up losing 37 to 14. You don't score another point. Shut out in the first half at Stanford. Lose 17 to 13. Like these aren't losses where you see progression, you see improvement. These are bad, like just waste of a year type losses. So, you know, I I haven't really ranted a whole lot about USC this year because it's it's just been so so far beyond being upset about. But it's it's time right now. You know, you look at a game this week and you just look at the records and you look at these teams. And it's like USC might not even get the opportunity. I, I didn't want this team to make a bowl, honestly. But but what I would like is they have a freshman quarterback, a young group of guys. It wouldn't be bad for them to get an extra month of practice in. You know, I, that that wouldn't be bad for those kids going forward. But if it's with Helton in this group, I, is that going to be any good for them at all? Anyways. I, well, on I'm the flip just, side, or would you rather have the coaches focused on, on recruiting and stuff? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, you know what I mean? So just, it, it cuts both ways. Let's talk about coaching for a little bit. Do you ever watch that show, uh, Lock It In? It's on uh, FSN, like yeah. around 1.30 Pacific time. Yeah. Yesterday, they were making some selections, and Cousin Sal... He uh, he had USC winning. That that's one of his selections for this weekend, and he made the comment that this win will save Coach Helton's job. I don't think so. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, you really think that if they win this game, even if they beat Notre Dame, even if that his job security will not be on the line? No, I can't. I mean, you can't have five losses. Like even if they went seven and five and they won the next two games, like fifty to nothing. I mean, I just don't think it, too much has happened this year. And like we now, said, does, it's that, not, does that undo? Did, did he not build enough goodwill through his success so far? No, the, because the problem is, is it's been the same thing. And, and what I, I think he got bailed out by Sam Darnold. Honestly, Sam Darnold, who is one of the better quarterbacks in USC history, a generational type quarterback. Bailed USC out of a lot of games. There, they would have been a five and they would have been a five loss team last year too. If there wouldn't have been probably two or three times where Sam Darnold had to make some pretty crazy plays to bail them out of a loss. Do you think that if, masked the masked a lot of the hundred percent, hundred percent? The last year and a half, he was lucky to have a guy who could make big plays, and we've seen he's gone on and he's played like a rookie quarterback played in the NFL. He has some moments, and then he looks bad some weeks, but he's a talented guy, and I think. 
he's going to be a fine NFL quarterback moving forward. He just he bailed them out. They they just they don't they don't do anything well. That's the problem. They're not like a really good off uh, offense. They they don't have an incredible defense with intensity. They just throw the ball up downfield and kind of hope for a jump ball for some of their athletic players. They don't run the ball nearly as well as they should. I mean, I've seen like tweets and and stuff from a lot of the players that have left USC. One one player said he played more snaps in his first game in the NFL than he did in a full season at USC. They I don't they just don't prepare the players very well to get to the NFL. I I don't quite there's something missing and it's been missing because They've never been competitive with these good teams. You know, that's been the real key in this Helton era is when they play Alabama, when they play last year, Ohio State, they play the big programs and, you know, they'll kind of mirage a season beating up on some teams that are inferior to them talent wise. And then when they play a team that is in their ballpark talent wise and has a strong coaching staff, they get their doors blown off. Well, that same seemed to be said for the entire conference. Yeah, and, and I, remember, I remember our, our, one of uh, one of our selections from the very first weekend uh, of the year, and we actually haven't counted this in the head to heads, but we'll we'll leave that for another subject matter. Was uh, Washington and, and Auburn, and I took Auburn, and you took Washington. M- my line of thinking was simply the conference is inferior, and if you look right now, there there are only two Pac-12 teams in the top twenty-five: a gimmicky Washington State team that's ranked eighth as a one-loss team. Which, and funny, then UW, USC, beat, USC beat them. And USC <laughs> provided that one loss. And then and then Washington, UW is, is 18th in the nation with three losses. And they probably, uh, they haven't lived up to expectations. And that's it. Those are the only two teams in, you know, outside of the state of Washington, you have nobody from the Pac-12 even representing in the top 25. And that almost might be flattering because I would say they've got a lot of teams that, that would, would lose to some really, really inferior conferences. That's so the most disappointing part is that it's not that, a strong. So, it's so not top a strong to bottom, time. Yeah, top to bottom. I mean, it's it's a Pac-12 issue, uh, big time, big time. And they've only added teams. They haven't like subtracted teams, so they can't get anybody in the top twenty-five outside of the state of Washington. It's pretty pathetic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bad, and um, it's one of those things where it's been hard. It's been kind of like a, a conflicting year as a fan. I felt like the years where the Lakers were tanking. And I'm, I'm, you know, you, you, as a fan, you're watching your team and you want them to win always. You're never rooting when a game is going for your team to actually lose. But if you're a fan of the, a, a deep rooted fan of an organization or a school like this, if you know that it's better for you in the long run, you're able to kind of swallow the losses a little bit easier because you understand that you're thinking big picture. And, you know, the last couple of years, they end up winning eight or nine games. They go to the Rose Bowl. They go to a, uh, a bowl game. And it makes their seasons look a lot better than they really were. And it saves Helton. And they don't, you know, think about moving forward. And now that now the problem is, did you miss out on some coaches? Like Peterson would have been a nice coach. He's done some very good things up in Washington. Could you imagine? And you look at a lot of these coaches who succeed. And then could you imagine how much better they would even be at USC with the facilities, with the area, the ability to recruit here in Southern California. I mean, you bring a coach who does well somewhere else, someone who's done well at Boise State or Washington here to USC, and you expect that they're going to even be able to bring in more and higher class recruits. Um, so we'll see moving well, forward. Well, Washington State was garbage for a very, very long yeah. time. And when you, I mean, are you telling me Coach Leach is able to get 
you know, better players in Washington State. No, it's just coaching. Eastern, it's eastern just coaching. part of the state. It's like there's not. It's right at the border of. I mean, it's nothing. It's nothingville, All literally. Coaching. You know, and, and and you're able to to get better players over there than than Southern California. No way, no way. It's all coaching. He's able to get the most out of what he's got. He's able to come up with schemes that best fit the types of quarterbacks that he brings brings in. I mean, yeah. To me, it's a joke. And let's just put it in a little bit of perspective for our listening audience. We're based here in LA, and for those international listeners, which we'll, we'll get to in a few minutes here, USC has been the NFL team, if you will, of Southern California for the longest time, especially during the NFL's absence here in L.A. So you see more USC bumper stickers and and flags and paraphernalia, you know, jerseys and and ball caps, et cetera, uh, than any NFL team over here. And so the the L.A. fans are very passionate about SC. Now, I would say the buzz has dwindled a little bit, I think maybe because you're – it's being spread threefold now with two pro teams and the college. And they're team. good. Well, and you they're know, good. That's and, the and both teams are pretty good. I wouldn't say that there's a great buzz for the NFL here yet, but it's kind of been divided three ways. So I, I can't really more. tell. Yeah, you know, you're right now, a lot more about the Rams and even yeah. a little bit about the Chargers this year than you did, and just a ton less about USC. You know, just yeah. A ton no, less. I'd, I'd say if you pulled everybody, I'd still say SC is one, Rams are two, Chargers are yeah, are three. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, that's true. The they're, they're so deep rooted. But this yeah. is what happens is is that you're you're starting to lose, you know, your and they'll come back, but the the really rabid fans are just just disinterested right now. You know, I mean I'm I'm on and focused to the USC basketball team. I'm excited. I went to the game the other night. They've got a couple they played three games so far. They got a, a decent looking team this year that'll probably make the tournament. They have a one kid that'll get drafted in the top ten, Kevin Porter, who's awesome. He looks like James Harden-ish. Really, really cool. But like we're already on from football. Uh, you know, like we're on to basketball. We're moving, we're moving forward and kind of uh, well, well while we well we we've in LA moved on from, from football, the national scene hasn't. What are your thoughts right now about the top four that the committee is 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 looking like? You know, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan. Looks like maybe Michigan might be the only team that could lose its positioning. I, I don't see Alabama, Clemson, or Notre Dame doing so. I agree that that Michigan Ohio State game is always the big one. You know, that's the yeah. Big so one. Michigan loses probably slides up Georgia. Although Georgia is always going to have some they, tough and they got, uh, championship they games play ahead too. of them. Yeah, yeah, they got to play too. So so maybe Oklahoma, maybe LSU. Wouldn't it they, be crazy though if all those top teams lost and Washington State somehow, somehow found its way to number four? I, yeah, I just don't know. Like. I don't think they have enough – like, they don't have enough big games left. Like you said, these other top teams will play each other, I think, and they'll have the ability to move up a lot more, whereas Washington State, I just don't think they have a big game like that left on their – No, I would even say that a two-loss LSU or Oklahoma or Michigan or Georgia 100%. still gets more computer – whatever the computer works. I mean, you know, Washington percent? State's loss is to USC. Yeah, exactly. That's not a good loss. You know, exactly. like, no matter how talented USC is, it's not a good loss. Yeah, per- so period. whichever way you slice it or dice it, these top four teams are going to be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a good college football. It, it always is. It always is. You know, and and they good. It's just I think what and we'll kind of as we make the transition over a little bit to basketball and what that's kind of what's been fun about the beginning of this basketball year is that the the last few years it's like you know what's happening. It's going to be the Warriors and the Cavs there. And now at least this year with LeBron moving, there's going to be a new team coming out of the East. 
We're not going to see LeBron versus the Warriors in the finals this year. And we're already seeing some turmoil with the Warriors right now. Who knows if that's just a little bit of scuttlebutt at the beginning of the season or not. Or maybe this is something that lingers throughout the year and it can be a crater to break up teams because we've seen great dynasties and teams just at the snip, at snap of a finger and then it's over for some reason. You know, Kobe and Shaq couldn't make it together. Some Someone gets hurt. Curry's hurt right now. Maybe he's banged up all year. And then you have Durant and Draymond. I think that was kind of the issue with Alabama and even Clemson now is just Alabama, Alabama, Alabama every year. So once the once you get to those final four games, they're always awesome. It's just the getting there part to for me. And I, I this this year has has seemed a little anticlimactic. Yeah, not not a lot of suspense. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and they're they're you know most of these top teams are whooping up on their competition. So and they're I think- usually it's usually a good bowl season. You know, oh, yeah, that's, a that's lot of the great. other games like, are fun and competitive. I love seeing different conferences. The man, you know, play, oh, yeah. You know, it's it kind of reminds me of, you know, uh, like the horse racing analogy, you know, wh- why I like like the Breeders' Cups or, or the really big undercards for the big days because you have all these horses coming from different circuits and, you know, different, you know, and you're, you're handicapping. It's a fun handicap. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of the same thing with the, with the, with the bowl games. It's, it's really fun. Who matches up why and who yeah. they play. And passing teams, teams against great. Versus the, yep. Just yep. going to say that. Exactly. Great passing teams against good defenses or running games, different schemes, you know, that type of thing. It, it'll be a lot of fun. And, you know, I always look forward to the bowl games. You know, they're always fun from a wagering perspective or just, just as a fan perspective. I usually just sit back and enjoy and watch and look at the NFL prospects. Playing, There's so we'll many storylines. We'll, we'll get, a, we'll get, a, we'll get a, a bowl pool going for the for the Mike Abadir show. We'll, yeah. we'll have one of those going, too. Um, and we'll bring Monique on and maybe we'll get Patrick from uh, from covers on also to kind of help us handicap some of the games. And uh, it, what, that's what's great is that once the, this bowl season starts, which, man, it's just right around the corner now. Yeah. Is that you just get you got a couple games on like every night all throughout the week, which is always fun. Uh, just different games to watch. So more sports to watch. We will not have a problem with that, Mike. And what's nice is we'll, we'll take a break right now, but I can completely transition my fandom from griping, being disappointed, being upset to a team that I'm actually very happy and excited and pumped about moving forward. The Lakers have won four in a row, Mike. When we get back from this break, let's talk a little Lakers and some early season basketball. Then we'll move on to NFL and we'll bring on the parlay queen, Monique, to close things out. We'll be right back here on the Mike Abadir Show. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports channel want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience tune in to sports info um with daryl oliver he'll talk about the drafts play-by-play and even what's happening in the offseason daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past present and future 
He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, I think we finally saw LeBron being LeBron last night. It was a little bit... I don't want to say worrisome, but like Laker fans were getting a little bit antsy, not in the record or the way the team started. We just hadn't really seen a LeBron-esque performance yet, Mike, where he dominated a game. Because it, it, when you watch LeBron play, he can get 25, 7, and 8 in his sleep. And it's like the most quiet 25, 7, and 8 you've ever seen a player get. You're like looking around like, where's LeBron? What's he doing? And then you look down, you realize he scored... You know, he's filling up the stat sheet. But last night, he was incredible, Mike. He scored 44 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, 3 blocks and a steal. He was 5 for 6 from 3. He was 13 for 15 from the free throw line. And even more than the numbers, he was playing defense. He was really locked in. He was engaged. And he was driving the lane a ton, which opened up the 3 for him. So I think we, we see these Lakers now struggled a little early. But they're playing well. They've won four in a row. They made a trade, uh, or they picked up Tyson Chandler now. They're 4-0 since he's come around. This team is going to be there towards the end. Are they as good as Golden State? I don't think so. But what do you think about the uh, the Lakers early on so far in the season? Well, first of all, take a step back. I'm really happy to see that both L.A. teams are playing pretty good basketball right now. Oh, the the Clippers are quietly... They're a very good team. It's it's very very rare. We were talking about L.A., and this is a very L.A.-driven show today for whatever reason. I don't remember a time where both teams were were pretty good at the same time. You know, I, I don't know how many years they've ever they've both been in the playoffs at the same time. It's it maybe one or two at the most, I would guess. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm mistaken about the, that. But the Clippers have one of the most underrated rosters because yeah, they like three or four of the players on their team might be the most underrated player in the league. Like Tobias Harris is excellent. He's just a tier below being a star in the league. Lou Williams is as good of a scorer as anyone. I love Sweet Lou on the Lakers. I mean, in the fourth quarter, closing games, he is impossible to stop. He, he makes things happen. He passes the ball, too. He's not like he's a guy who dominates the ball, but he gets other guys involved. He he can get to the line like at all times. They have a good rookie in Gildas Alexander. If Gallinari's healthy, he's very good. Like, there are they're a fun team this year, the Clippers, if they stay healthy. the crazy healthy. thing about it is they've, the, the roster's completely been overhauled from the days of the DeAndre, Blake. Those Chris three Paul. guys that you all If you knew. look at the roster, I, I don't know how many guys were even there three, four years ago. Like none. I mean, yeah. none. So a great job by, 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 by Beverly the front is another office guy and Doc. A good yeah. defensive player. He's just a good, like he's a... One of those guys who goes at you. He just crushed Lonzo last year in Lonzo's first game ever. He like he wants to beat you up, kind of a player. They're they're fun. I watched them the other night when they beat Golden State in uh, in that game where Golden State came all the way back, and it looked like you thought Golden State was just going to crush them. And that was the game after where uh, Durant and Draymond Green got into it a little bit. But it's it, the the one thing I I thought at the beginning of the year 
everybody was really worried about the Lakers in that they, they kept saying the West is so strong, the West is so strong, the West is so strong. And I agree the West is strong, but I don't think up towards the top it's as good as everyone thought it was going to be. I think it's obviously still Golden State and then everybody else. It almost feels like Houston missed their window because this roster is a lot different than their good rosters the last couple of years when they had their opportunities to win. I'm not sure if they're quite as good. And, you know, you look through everyone, Portland, the Lakers have beat a couple times. Denver, the Lakers have beat. Oklahoma City, they're going to be in the mix. Memphis, they'll be okay. The Clippers, you know, Sacramento, the Spurs, the Jazz, New Orleans, the Rocket. There's nobody in there that I'm terrified that could beat LeBron and the Lakers in a playoff series. I think that's a fair assessment. You know, what I will say is there was a stat. You're probably more uh, familiar with the specifics of it. But uh, a losing streak um, up in Portland for the Lakers. Oh yeah, and and, and, they, and they broke that. And I've I've always felt that when you're talking about teams, uh, especially you know in basketball, w- once you're able to start breaking these crazy long streaks, it means that you're turning the corner. Yep, it's a sign. You know, and it's a good sign. And, and and a team that you just mentioned, the Sacramento Kings, they had a long 14 game losing streak against the Spurs. They're the a big team, too. Broke, they broke that, and to me, I think that's a nice sign. Buddy Heald is is, is playing Fox. really good basketball. You know, Fox, Collie Stein, you know, th- they've got a pretty nice team. It, it's, you know, I was talking about the two L.A. teams. How about the California teams? You know, four California teams are are in the playoffs if, if this season ended today, which is a ridiculous statement anyways. But, I mean, that's just a sign yeah, that no, it's good a great basketball st- at the beginning and- of the year. And that's what you want. And you expect them to kind of regress a little bit because they're so young. But they that's exactly how you want a team like that, like them to start. They're they're they score a lot. They have a lot of different pieces, a lot of different guys that could step up every night. I do like some of their youngest. I mean, I would be, for a while was in the camp that wanted Fox over Lonzo. Because I like his intensity. He's a guy that like really makes your whole team go because he goes at you in practice. Lonzo's much more of a laid-back kind of guy. That's his personality. And Fox is way different. They've kind of battled for a while. But, it, yeah, it's been – everybody was a little nervous to start out. And I was not really too worried about this team because they've only gotten really beat up in one game, a game where Toronto was just incredible and just like on – firing on all cylinders, hitting everything, and that Lakers played horrible. Other than that, all of their losses, they were right in the game. Until the end, they they still have to figure out how to close games. I mean, there have been three games within the first thirteen where LeBron missed two free throws with a lot within a minute left in the game that would have sealed the game. Like he blew a couple games for them missing multiple free throws, and he even said it. They asked him, they're like, "What's wrong with your free throws?" He's like, "I just suck right now from the free throw line. I don't know why." <laughs> He's like, "I'm in my own head. I'll get it figured out." And then it was night last night. He was thirteen for fifteen from the free throw line. So. Get, gets it figured out. Well, and, at least uh, he ain't like that poor kid from Philly, right? <laughs> no, no. He, he's then got the hitch in his shot, and uh, that that's uh, interesting. We can make a little transition to the East because I think one of the things that was the most surprising when, when we had your uh, NBA analysis at the beginning of the year was that Boston's got off to a little bit of a slow start. We all just assumed Boston was going to be the, t- the team to beat with Kyrie and Gordon Hayward coming back, but they're in a weird bit of a, a jam in that they almost have too many guys, and they're yeah, they but they'll to, get that figured out. Yeah, they will. I'm not worried that's, about them. That's their jam right now. Is that Hayward? They're working him back into the rotation, and they're giving him minutes. And um, it's funny, Bill Simmons, who's a big Boston fan, he's like he was super nervous uh, so far, just in some of their losses, and just doesn't like the. He's worried that some of their better 
uh, or their guys on the bench are going to get frustrated because they're not playing a little bit more. They're playing more last year. But I think there's an obvious top four, maybe five in the East. And I think the East is a little bit better at the top than people thought. But then after those top four or five, it really drops off. Whereas you look at the West and you have 12 solid teams in the West, like all the way down one through 12. Those are solid teams versus the East. I think Toronto, Milwaukee, Indy, Boston, and Philly, those are your, your good teams there. And Philly just made a big trade to get Jimmy Butler. So we'll see. I think you were kind of mentioning Fultz from Philly. I think that's almost a sign that they might be not necessarily giving up on him, but kind of realizing that he might not be like a number one overall pick like they thought, and he might be more of a just a, a bench or just a, a small piece moving forward. Yeah, and – you know, two two quick things from a from a wagering standpoint, and I, I don't I don't play basketball at all from a wagering side of things. But two two things that are interesting to know when you're looking for value: Sixers are seven and zero at home, but they're two and seven on the road. So a lot, I like sometimes when I see that sure. there's a huge discrepancy like that because there's, you can find some, you know, uh, people look at the records and be like, oh, Philadelphia is one of the top five teams in the East, and you know they're they're playing against the lowly Atlanta Hawks or whatever. You might be able to find a very favorable line for a home dog in, in that type of scenario. And and the other one where there's a huge discrepancy like that is in the West with the Timberwolves. They're 6-1 and one at home, but they're 0-8 on the road. They're miserable. And some of those games are with Jimmy Butler, who they're now, they do, they got rid of. So yeah. they might be even worse moving forward, but we'll see. They, they might be better moving forward. Who knows? That was just a kind of a toxic situation. Sometimes it's the uh, the Ewing theory, right? Addition sure. by subtraction. We'll, we'll see on that one. But hey, uh, you know, Before and, we move from basketball, I wanted to give a quick shout out, and and the reason I'm bringing it up now is because I suspect that there's been maybe a spike in the numbers because they're international basketball fans, perhaps. But I want to give a huge shout out to the country of Ireland, the Irish community in general. Love the Irish. I love the Irish people. I've had many, many of a great evening when I lived in San Francisco. And they love us. Irish posse and drinking and having a good time with them. I made some very, very good friends from people that were staying out in in, in the West Coast for for the holiday, uh, as they call it. And um, I'm bringing it up because we've got a huge population of listeners of this show, you and I, Gino, from Ireland. We get the numbers and we get the, the international numbers, the domestic numbers. And, and, and Gino noticed it the other day. He was like, yeah. have you seen how many people yeah. from Ireland are listening to us? So I don't Shout know if out. that's because they're big NFL fans or they're big. I suspect NBA is probably the most international of our sports. But I'd love to hear from you guys on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Mike Abadir. And Gino? It's me, Gino B. Yeah, give us a... Give us a tweet. Let us know what's going on, what you're listening for. And uh, we'd, yeah, we, Ireland, Japan, Canada, Germany, China, India, Mexico, and Finland in the last week alone. We've had listeners from, uh, from all of those places. So very cool to, to very see cool. that. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. So from all over the place, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know, uh, let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about. And we'll, we'll do a segment uh, and maybe and focus on, uh, on some of the sports or some of the things you'd like to hear from us. But um, yeah, that, that's, that was, I thought that was very fun. And anyone out there, always remember, if, uh, if you can, we read through the, uh, the uh, reviews on iTunes. So if you can get over there and give us a, a nice five-star rating and review, those are awesome. They help move us up the ranks and uh, much better for us, keeping the show free, helps us with sponsors and advertising and all that stuff. So anytime you can give us a nice little uh, five-star rating and review or pass the show along to one of your friends, that helps us out a ton. 
And uh, now we'll make the transition kind of from basketball over to football. We'll bring in Monique in uh, in just a few minutes, Mike. But another pretty solid week for uh, for the both of us. Uh, you were 2-0-1. You had a push in the Colts-Jags game. I went 2-1. The game I lost is the way that I love to lose games where you just get beat down. It's not a bad beat. You know very early on you have no chance to win that game. Uh, so now I believe... I, and and you, that was the Cincy uh, Saints game. Saints game, Cincy Saints game. Which uh, there was one moment early in the game when it was I was four. Uh, the Saints scored on their first couple drives, um, and then it was fourteen to seven. Since he had the ball, it was fourth and one on like the forty, and they were going for it because they knew they had to go for it to keep scoring. And they had a false start penalty, and it was fourth and six, so they ended up punting, and that was the game. They just never were able to. Not that they were ever going to win. But it was like you could just tell that was a big, big play that just really got them behind, and they never had an opportunity, and they are banged up. And they're they're starting to struggle a little bit after looking very strong early on. The injuries are getting to them. No A.J. Green hurts a little bit. Um, so they're a, a team who is actually still in a wild card spot, but kind of keeps that last spot or two in the AFC open because they're not necessarily trending in the right direction. But Mike, you still are trending in the right direction. I think you are now 17 and eight on the season with the four pushes. Those don't matter. So 17 and eight. And I think I'm 18, 12 and one. Um, So strong numbers. Again, I was able to bounce back after a couple of struggling weeks and you've continued uh, on. You've had a very strong about month, month. And I mean, really all season, but it really last like month, month and a half. Yeah, there was really just one bad day. I think there was one week where it was 0-3, I believe. And outside of that one, it's been uh, pretty uh, fruitful, uh, I would say. The only reason I like keeping track of the ties, by the way, is because I like to look at the total of number of plays of I've given you out, yeah, yeah, right, and and yeah. then and then go back and look and be like, okay, I've I've given out thirty plays and sure. only eight have lost. Sure. You know, um, yeah. you know, a push is uh, is not a loss. You get your money back. You know, no, reduces the parlay game. from. I like to mention it because it's something we it, we gave it out. You know, just for ex- the count, exactly. just for counting purposes, it doesn't it, exactly doesn't really matter either way for the most part, but. uh Nice, nice numbers on on both so far. So this, and I'd like to hear, by the way, if anybody used, uh, you know, any of Geno's picks or my picks, and maybe maybe had a nice score. And some people are private about it, but a lot of people on Twitter are a little bit boastful, you know. But you don't have to tell us the dollar amounts. I'd love to hear if somebody says, "Hey, you know, um, you know, I, I base my play in part on on something you guys said or anything like that." You know, it, it goes back to what Gino was saying. We love the feedback. We love the feedback regarding the plays. Or even guest suggestions, or 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 whatnot. We want to be as interactive as possible, and you know, I know a lot of the listeners don't listen live necessarily, or on demand listeners. But for any of the live listeners who want to call into the show, we always welcome that as well. Yeah, let's talk some of the uh, the games this week. So, um, La, I think there's just a couple more bye weeks. This a um, couple more bye weeks, and then we'll be back to full. But things have started to shift quite a bit. We haven't talked. I mean, we talked with Dave a little bit last week. You and I haven't had an opportunity to really wrap um, overall. What I mean, is, is there any team or like what in particular over the last few weeks has kind of jumped out to you the most positive, negatively? Um, kind of what's on your mind NFL wise? Well, I look at it from a business perspective. And for me, being an agent, uh, uh, you know, the salary cap is, you know, uh, Huge comes into play every day for for me and what I follow. And we're at the point of the season now where we could kind of look at who are the biggest cap hits 2018. 
Now, this might surprise you. Right now, all five players from the biggest cap hit would not make the playoffs. The biggest cap hit for 2018 is Jimmy Garoppolo at $37 million. Yeah. Followed by Matthew Stafford, $26.5 million. Derek Carr, $25 million. Joe Flacco, $24,750,000. And Andrew Luck, $24,000. Or $24,400,000. Ugh. Top five salary cap hits, which kind of tells you something. You know, I've never represented an NFL quarterback. Uh, those are usually reserved for four or five really elite agents who keep working with the top end NFL quarterbacks. I haven't tried to penetrate against that. Maybe one day, God willing, I will be able to. But uh, I would give some counter advice to some of these guys. I'd say you could be a Derek Carr and get your money and possibly be out of the league within two or three more years if this stands. Or yeah. you could take a little bit less. So that you could spread the money out and have good teammates so that your play could be better, so that you could be a winner, so that you could maybe be an annual playoff team, potentially a Super Bowl contender. And that'll actually make you more money in the long run. Do you want to achieve legendary status like a Drew Brees? Or do you kind of want to be like an Aaron Rodgers who every year just doesn't have enough talent to really get there? You know what I mean? So. Yeah. That's that. That's what stands out to me at this midway point of the season when I'm looking at it. And rounding out the top ten, by the way, you also have Kirk Cousins in there and Eli Manning. You know, yeah. I mean, we're talking about teams that just don't have a lot of talent around them that are having to, you know, figure figure things out. Russell Wilson. Um, the only two guys in, in in the top ten that really could be Super Bowl contenders are are Breeze and uh, Roethlisberger, rounding out the top ten. So. It's an interesting thing to know. That's what kind of what stands out to me at midway point of the season so far. The other thing is that it looks like, you know, what we've been talking about, the top tier teams continue to kind of make their stamp on the league. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, I don't see anybody in the NFC, you know, advancing uh, outside of the Saints and the Rams. I know there was a little bit of talk about the Panthers last week, but that's probably yeah. quiet, quieted a little sure. bit. Sure. So I still think the Rams and the Saints are the 100%. two from, from from the NFC and and then from the AFC. You, you know, might, the, it's a little the Chiefs are, Yeah, uh, to me, I think the Chiefs are still the the, the team to beat, and I, I think if they play an Arrowhead, it's going to be I very agree. difficult to beat them. Um, you know, obviously, you and I were talking right the other day about matchups, right? You, you yeah. probably don't want to face a Pittsburgh. Um, you know, Chargers and the in the Pats, I think, are the teams that you could maybe Pat, see. Pats look really football. vulnerable on the road. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent on that. You know. They they are just like so Jekyll and Hyde, but it's so hard to count. Like you were kind of really low on them at the beginning of the year, but it's just so hard to count them out because it's like they play in such a weak division. They get so many automatic wins that they're like they're able to kind of really set things up well most of the time. So I, the key for them this year will be what happens in these next couple of weeks. That one that loss to Tennessee could come back and hurt them. Although I do think they have a couple of games where they can make things up. But Pittsburgh plays the Chargers. The Chargers still have to play Kansas City. Kansas City plays the Rams this week. And then the Chargers. So they have a couple tough games left still. Um, and the Saints have two games against the Panthers still left. So they all still have some tough games to play, uh, all the top teams. But I do think they're, by far, to me, we're talking about teams who can make the Super Bowl. I only think we're talking about six or seven in the whole yeah, league. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the Saints also, though, is they only have three more road games the rest of the year. Yeah. So they're 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 going to have a, a friendly schedule from a home game perspective. They've got some tough teams, sure, but I still think that they they win that division and and 
I still think they're going to get the, home field advantage just because of that tiebreaker. But the you big never know. issue with all what's funny is of all the team, the top teams though, they're all so vulnerable defensively. All of them, the Rams, the Saints, the Chiefs, and the Patriots even. But do you remember last week me telling you I don't think it matters this year? Because no, no, the offenses it, it does, are so far ahead it, of, the, of the defenses anyways. Well, it doesn't it, it, it does and it doesn't. It does in that any week one of those teams could lose to each other and to probably a couple other teams that offensively are, are good. But they, they're not like a team where you just go, they can't lose. That that's my issue is I think you'll I think they'll probably always be able to outscore you, but it's so tough to count on just offense until we see it repeatedly in the Super Bowl. Because even last year, you know, like the Eagles weren't some offensive juggernaut, you know, and the Rams were a very good offensive team until they got into the playoffs and they were stymied in the playoffs. True. So True. I just, but I'll tell you this much: the the Rams defense this year it started off with. You know, all fingers kind of pointing at uh, Marcus Peters, right? But now the entire defense is kind of slumping a little bit. Yeah, they all are. But but it hasn't really hurt. I mean, in the Saints game, it hurt them. We'll see what it does in the Chiefs game. But they're still nine and one. And they're all. And it's the same thing we saw. Like the Saints had their lull. They should have been zero and two to start the year. Uh, they should have lost that game to the Browns. They they were they had their lull at the beginning of the season, and now they've started to play well. And the Rams are kind which of going kind of, there. Uh, which is Everybody kind of characteristic goes, of the Saints, though, is yeah. they're kind of slow-starting team, but it, did, it didn't hurt them because yeah. the offense is so good. And that's the key, is that they've been able to to deal with their struggles, and that, that game you know, might come down and be the game against the Browns, where the Browns missed a, a couple kicks, might come down and be the difference between them getting home field or not. Sure. And that could, you know, that that will be huge. As, as you, that's to me, that's a good team that figured out how to win. Maybe they got a little lucky early on, but they're obviously very good, and they deserve to win all, all these games. They're they're beating the crap out of people right now. I mean, it's it's yeah. like they're beating up on teams, and I, they're obviously the right now they're the best team in the league. Maybe in three or four weeks, a few injuries, things change. Um, they could change very quickly, but right now. They are playing very. I think it's very, very interchangeable with, with the top three teams, which in my mind are the, the Chiefs, Rams, and Saints. But it's, before we get to the Rams Chiefs game, why don't we take a quick break and then um, and then dissect that game and, and and also talk with Monique? Sounds good. Let's take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We're gonna get you our plays of the week with the Parlay Queen next. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Final segment here on the Mike Abadir Show. And like always, in this final segment, we are going to bring in our good friend from ABR Live and covers the parlay queen, Monique. Monique, how's it going? How was your week? What's up, Monique? Going well, going well. Uh, you know what? Just just sports. That's That's pretty much been my entire week. Can't complain with that. And hibernating indoors in sports. So can't complain with that. Coming off a one in one week, going to try to go two and zero oh this week. I believe you have two plays. I do. I didn't really love that much this week. I feel like the totals were really spot on and everything. But yeah, two plays. Uh, one in tonight's game, and it's actually an interesting bet for me. It's one that I haven't made yet this year, but it's total rushing yards in the game tonight, uh, cumulative with both teams over two fifty nine and a half. So I'm liking this play because I feel like the Packers running back Aaron Jones has been pretty efficient this year. He's actually leading the league in yards per carry with 6.8. And he has 10 rushes of 10 or more yards on only 73 carries. So obviously we know the Seahawks are going to try to run the ball quite a bit. And they have three really capable backs. So since week three, the Seahawks have had 32 rushes in each game. So we know that this is going to be their game plan coming in. And I feel like both teams will try to rely on their running backs, especially with the Packers, because they have found this new established run game. So I feel like both teams could definitely break free for a couple big yardage plays. And I think the cumulative yards are set pretty low for this game. I like this play quite a bit. As you mentioned, Jones, Carson coming back, both teams trying to run the ball a lot more. Um, nice play here. So that's over 259 total rushing yards in the Seahawks. And is, that, is that a Packers minus 110? Game. It's actually a minus 120, unfortunately. Okay. And it has, yeah, it's one of those like props in general. You're usually getting like minus 120, kind sure. okay. pretty much the standard. But yeah, I feel like it's an interesting bet. I think there, you could always figure out different props in the game and try to play on game state and analysis. And I do feel like it's going to be a run-heavy game. I feel like it could be high-scoring, but you never really know when two teams are trying to establish the run early and rushing the ball a lot. So I feel like the total is a bit low, but, yeah, I think it's an interesting bet. And then your other play um, is going to be a team total. Yeah, Atlanta Falcons team total over 26. Now, this one's 
interesting, but the Falcons have been a lot better at home. They've won three of five games, and they've scored 30 or more points four times. So I think with the Falcons, we, we already know what we're going to see out of them, and that's going to be passing and lots of it. They rank 29th in the league in rushing yards per game, but second in passing yards per game. So I think the Falcons will definitely need to put points up on the board to make up for their poor defensive play. I feel like they're in a favorable matchup, and I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And I'm not sure if I love the Falcons as favorite, but I definitely think they can put up some points. Monique with two plays this week. And uh, Monique, we will not be talking to you next week because of Thanksgiving, right, Mike? Yeah, we're going to be taking the day off for Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. May it be a blessed and prosperous one for all. Um, And we will actually have a... um, a best of, right? Yeah, a best of type show. So if anybody has any thoughts or suggestions about a show that they'd heard before that they want us to replay, we'll definitely do that. So Monique, we will talk to you then the following week, which is the 29th. Perfect. Sounds good. Well, thank you. Well, well, unfortunately for me, I'm not celebrating Thanksgiving Well, in Canada here, but I will definitely be channeling, well, hopefully getting something turkey related to celebrate with you guys and participating in all the Black Friday shopping sales. So I'm an honorary American for Thanksgiving, obviously. <laughs> now, uh, Monique is, is on quite a bit of, uh, of uh, other programs with her outstanding selections as well. So during the off week, you could follow her on Twitter and find out which show she's going to be on and which selections she gives out on Twitter. So if you want to give out your handle one more time. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Parlay Queen. Good awesome. stuff. Thank you, Monique. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Kick butt this weekend. Thank you guys so much. Good luck. Thanks, Monique. Take care. Okay, we have a little bit of time to talk about plays this week. I'm going to I'm going to go big like, this week. There are a couple play like I like a couple plays. There's one like uh, the one that I'm I was the most I guess two that I was like a little back and forth on, but I'll I'll just give them out anyways cuz why not? You know what? I I'm a gambler. I I'm going to I'm going to play a little bit on myself. So, uh, the Falcons game. Uh, she just talked about the Falcons right there. They're it's they're minus three and a half. Against the Cowboys, the Cowboys come off a big win. The Falcons come off a big loss. I think it's just it's it's people are looking at Dallas, going, "Oh, you know, Amari Cooper." Now they're looking a little bit better. They just won in a primetime game. The Falcons just lost to the Browns. You and I were on the Browns last week, Mikey. I'm going to go backwards this week and go to the Falcons uh, minus the three and a half. I'm going to play another one that this is what I'm not that confident in, but. I just don't think the Cardinals should be five-and-a-half-point favorites over anybody. I really don't. And I know the Raiders have been struggling, and they have a lot of turmoil going on. But five-and-a-half is just a ton for me, for for Arizona to be favored over anyone. So that's going to be my second play, the Raiders plus five-and-a-half at Arizona. The Redskins, uh, I don't know how they keep winning, Mike, but this is another game that looks weird, That like a game that they could win. They're a three-point underdog at home against the Texans, a Texans team who continues to get lucky victory, lucky victory, lucky victory. These are two of the like, the most head-scratching teams in the entire league because they never really look good, uh, but they continue to win games. So I'll play the Redskins plus the three at home. I'm going to go to the Colts. This is a minus one and a half at home over the Titans. Um, you, you were on the Colts last week. I like the Colts. I think that I wouldn't be shocked to see the Colts get up to 500 or, you know, if the Texans lose a couple of games, I think the Colts might actually be the best team in that division right now. And uh, and then the other game I'm going to go to, we'll take another swing against the Saints one more time. It was plus nine. I think it's eight and a half, nine, somewhere like that. The Eagles just looked bad. 
Um, I'd imagine the Saints are going to have a down week one of these weeks. I don't know if the Eagles can win this game, but I could uh, I could definitely see this game being you know within a touchdown. So we'll play the Eagles there plus the if you can get the nine, obviously shoot, uh, shoot for the nine. Yeah, I think Five I plays. think that's a that's a big number. You know, the Eagles are a solid team. You know, I could see that game being thirty-one twenty-one. I could also see it being thirty-one twenty-four in the backdoor cover. So exactly. So you know, uh, so nine nine's a lot of you know eight and a half nine whatever it ends up being. It, it, that's a lot of points uh, for you know your defending Super Bowl champion. Of course, I am going with three plays here. Um, before I get to those, I I, I actually kind of did like the Cowboys against the Falcons. I think Amari's really going to help Dak out. I know a lot of people are down on Dak. I remember. During that game, even there were there were He's a lot of been people. Better. You know, there a lot of people on Twitter were really come down on him. You know, because you know the thing with Dak is he's not an anticipation thrower. He's just not. He has to make sure that the receiver is open. You know, he doesn't have a lot of vision in the pocket. But you know, Amari is such a great route runner. I think it opens things up for Ezekiel. And once that happens, you'll see the offense look a little bit more like they did two seasons ago when Dak was really good. You know. Dak's uh, Zeke sets up Dak. Um, so I kind of like the Cowboys a little bit in that game, but that's not one of my plays. I am going with the Detroit Lions against the Panthers. I, I think that Carol, that's a lot of points for Carolina to win on the road. Four and a half points, I believe, is where the line is at. Yep. So I'll take Detroit at home getting four and a half. This other game is off the board right now. Uh, yesterday I saw it was a... a Four-point spread, Baltimore minus four over the Bengals. Regardless to me as to who the quarterback is, whether it's Flacco or Lamar, um, if, the, if the Bengals are getting points, take them. Uh, last line I saw was four, like I said. So I'm taking Cincy plus four. But if it's plus three, plus two, plus one, either way, I'm taking Cincy. And then the last game will be Chicago at home against the Vikings. They're a two-and-a-half-point spread. And uh, I think Chicago is just on a roll. Vikings have been, um, you know, getting the benefit of, of last season still when it comes to point spreads and discussion of them being amongst the elite teams. They're just very inconsistent. They haven't got it together defensively whatsoever. And I think the Bears uh, make a statement with this game. trevinsky has been a lot better, too. And, like, he's the first few games of the season, he was just missing wide open guys, just not seeing them. I was worried that he might not just have it, but he has shown a lot of improvement. It was an, it's a new offense and he's still figuring things out. And, and they he, can do, he can do there. some damage with his legs. too. Does, exactly. That's the key. He can make some noise too. So he, he reminds me of uh, like, they remind me a little bit of last year's Jaguars with the Bortles who can make a little noise with their knee, with, uh, with his feet. Like you said, with his legs, he can run a little bit, uh, a solid defensive team, a few pieces on offense, but they're a little bit better offensively. They have better offensive weapons and they can, they can have a big offensive output. So three plays for Mike this week, I'm going to go with five this week. Um, and hopefully we can uh, continue on the winning trend for the both of you, uh, for the both of us, and uh, Monique with her two plays this week. So thank you to everyone for listening. We just have a couple more minutes left. Yeah, what are your thoughts on the big game, by the way? Rams and Chiefs. To me, that's a game of the year so far. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. And if you haven't heard, they moved the game from uh, Mexico. It's going to be uh, played here at the Coliseum on Monday. The Rams players uh, are actually, and they're practicing up at Colorado Springs because the the fires have affected a lot of the families and a lot of people out here who have had to evacuate and had to be moved around. Um, and I think they're also trying to get accustomed to the altitude. At Mexico yeah, it'll City. help them. It'll help them for training wise moving forward yeah. the rest of the year. This over under 63 and a half. I think that's the all time high uh, in the NFL. Uh, and, there's and, been a couple games in the low 60s. Easily. They can oh, easily go I mean, over. 
very easily. Uh, I think the Rams, I, I, I would lean Rams just because now it being back in L.A., I think that's where they get the slight lean and they, they are probably get an extra point or two. Like, this should be fun. It should be fun. And as you mentioned, I think um, KC maybe have looking past Arizona a little bit last week. They didn't play that great. They were probably circling this game on the calendar, not wanting to give a whole lot away. I, I think the Rams will win slightly, but I think it'll be an absolute shootout. And I think you're right. I think it's going to be like a 35-32 kind of game. Yeah, uh, I, I give a lean to, to Kansas City, but I think it's going to be a great game. As we wrap up here, Gino, uh, Thanksgiving, you mentioned it earlier, will be taken next week off. I am thankful for having a great uh, co-host and, and you, Gino, uh, great family and friends, and uh, the listeners. Very appreciative of the listeners and the great guests that we've had on. We appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us and interacting with us. So that's what I'm thankful for. Right back at you, buddy. Thankful you asked me uh well, over a year and a half ago or so to, to jump aboard the Mike Abadir show with you. We've had a great run so far, only bigger and better. And thank you to everyone out there because other, you know, if we didn't see the numbers and we didn't know people were listening, we wouldn't be doing this. So uh, really appreciate it. We'd love to hear from you always and have a nice holiday weekend. And you know what's going to be coming up soon. Time for some more of that Christmas trivia, Mike. It's going to be right around the corner. Outstanding. And, and you mentioned the college uh, bowl pool as well. So lots of fun stuff in store. We will see you guys in two weeks, two Thursdays from today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a great week.